Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So glad you're here for our Linden Road online experience. And if this is your first time, we want to say a special welcome to you and would invite you to click on the digital connection card or leave a comment in the chat. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, to scroll to the bottom of the screen and uh, there's a link there in the description that you can let us know who you are, your email and your name. And if there's a prayer request you might have or if there's a question that you'd like to ask, we'd certainly like to engage with you in that and so we're grateful that you're here and also want to say that we certainly hope it's not your last time and then if this is your spiritual home we say welcome to you and again you can use those same connection pieces the digital connection card or a comment in the chat or if you'll scroll down if you're watching on YouTube just to let us know what we need to know as we begin our time here online I want to just give you a heads up that we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper communion after the message so would invite you during the song or we'll give you a moment after the message to gather a small piece of bread, a cracker, and some juice so that you can participate at home. And again, we're grateful that you're here. I want to say thank you to those who made the investment. Last week we loaded up some things here in the building. We actually have some more shopping to do, but the generosity of, of many to bless the students at Malabar who have their needs store and just want to say thank you and are grateful that we can make that kind of impact in a way that is very practical. So we are in the final week of our series, Unhindered, week 15. It's, I think, the longest series I've ever done uh, of just one consistent theme. And, you know, we began first looking at just those around the resurrection and understanding how the gospel, as we looked at the first chapter of the book of Acts, how after Jesus' ascension and then when the Holy Spirit came. And then for us, the, the last two verses in the, the last chapter of the book of Acts has been our central theme. This idea that for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And part of my intention in this series is to encourage us to see how the gospel is still moving forward and that even as Paul is on house arrest, that even today we here celebrate what he accomplished because of the faithfulness of those around him and how, how all of us have had someone who was faithful because of someone who was faithful because of someone else who was faithful generations back to that first uh, early first century church where the gospel left uh, that Asian continent and came to even here in America as we celebrate all the goodness that God's done with uh, moving the gospel forward. And for a couple of weeks, we looked at tools from our friends at Dare to Share about how to share the faith and how do we engage people in a way? We remember we used the gospel acrostic and would point to the playlist here. There's a link in the worship notes if you'd like to go back and look at these. And to be reminded, or if you didn't get a chance to check it out, I strongly would encourage you. And then we've used the last number of weeks, the amazing series that's been on TV and on the interwebs called The Chosen. Dallas Jenkins is a producer of that. And I believe they're in season four right now, but using this beautiful visual medium of the chosen to help us see the story in a real way, in a way that I think in our digital age, it helps us to better understand what's going on. 
And so in this final week of our series, I want us to look at the story of the feeding of the 5,000. It's one we all know well, and it's one that we need to be reminded that beyond the resurrection account that appears in all four Gospels, this is the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels. And so we call it the feeding of the 5,000, but we need to be reminded it's probably more like 10,000 because John tells us, as we look at the scripture, that it was 5,000 men. And so when you add wives and children, it pretty quickly doubles. And so this miracle that serves as the final scene of the final episode of season three of The Chosen. And so I want us to watch it together, but let me set some things up here first. What we know is that literally thousands of people have gathered to listen to Jesus teach all day. And as you would imagine, they're hungry. And so here's the difficulty. (laughs) All they have, by the way, of food is five loaves of bread and two fish that's humbly offered up by a little boy named Telemachus. And how can that possibly be enough, right? So let's take a look at the clip. This is wonderful bread, Telemachus. I know it's not enough. Oh, it's enough for me. I can do a lot with this. Thank you. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. But they find some bread. If they've got bread, be ready. We'll probably be first. Feed them. What has changed? Are we... Organize the people into groups of 50 and 100. Gather up 12 baskets to distribute the loaves and fish. Was I unclear? Ah, no. This feels familiar. Maybe. Feed them. Yes. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it has grown, it is larger than all the gardens. Becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and make their nests in its branches. Yeah, I've got one. Okay. Just keep on. Break up the bread. Okay. How many more have there? Yeah, you think so. There. Just need some. Give me some of that. Just like that. Yeah. There's. There's. Anyone need some? It's better than the tail. That's the last of it. Yeah, that's the last of it. All right, Marcus, you can have your basket back. 
I'm giving you spiritual food. But you clearly need actual food now. So let's eat! So as I said at the outset, as we began this story, this is the only miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels outside of the resurrection account. And what we see in this miracle as it unfolds is it is a beautiful thing. And I want to use the Gospel reading of John to help fill in the gaps. So we see, have seen it. And now let's hear the words from John chapter 6. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. That's John chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. 
And I have a link here in the worship notes to the other scripture accounts of it out of the Gospels you might want to take a look at. What I want us to see here is there are some simple truths when we unpack this that is there for us as we understand this miracle and that these truths are not only for the people then on that hillside, they're also very much for us today. Now here's, here's the first point, is you only need to bring what you have. Again, because this is the only miracle besides the resurrection that appears in all four gospel accounts, it's interesting that all four of the accounts, they make a detailed note of this measly meal of five loaves and two fish that's offered up by one boy that somehow is going to feed the thousands. I mean, think about it, just five loaves of bread and two fish. And in the clip we just saw, this little boy, Telemachus, admits that he knows it's not much at all. And what's really beautiful is how Jesus replies to him, right? It's straightforward and it's direct and to the point. He says, it's enough for me. I can do a lot with this. And so what's packed away in those words is a simple truth for the boy, but it's also for the disciples. And here, thousands of years later, it's for us too. That for each of us, we only need to bring what we have. And yet, at the same time, the simple truth isn't new for God's people, right? It's something that is really part of all of Scripture when we look at it. The story of Scripture is filled with stories that say to us over and over again, you only need to bring what you have. So we have Moses who, who stumbles through his talking to Pharaoh, and he has a staff that he uses to stare down Pharaoh, right? Then David, we know that he brings as a boy a slingshot and five stones to take down the giant Goliath. And then the unique story that's in Scripture out of the Old Testament it's very similar to the feeding of the 5,000. We meet a woman who's a hungry widow who encounters a hungry prophet, the prophet Elijah. And she brings with her what? A pathetic pinch of flour and a splash of oil for bread. And so for all of this, it is true for the story we've watched and read today. And it is also true for the story overall. Again, this idea that you only need to bring what you have. As we think about this, in any given moment in our lives, we are all called to some stretch of work for the kingdom, just the way God works. And when that call comes, we can take stock of what we have, which can be a short and simple word or a spiritual gifting that seems so small in the moment. And we sheepishly say, like Telemachus, I know it's not much. And then the question really centers around this idea of do we believe? And what does Jesus say? And I think it's so beautiful in this clip we just saw. It's enough for me. I can do a lot with this. Again, as we think about taking the gospel forward unhindered, like Paul, there is recorded in Acts chapter 28. What is it that we have that we can take? What is the simple word that we can offer to someone who's in need right now? Or the simple gifting that you might have of hospitality or encouragement? Think about it. What is the small gift that you've been given that you can give in return to your neighbor, to that person that you know who's working through some messiness? And then the question is, and think about this for a moment, do you believe it's enough? 
And in those moments when we think it's only a measly piece, you know, what is it that comes against our belief that would actually question whether or not it's enough? Because when we start out with this idea that we only need to bring to what we have, that God has gifted us, that we also need to bring what we have and we need to bring ourselves. Again, as we center around this idea of this particular story, it's the only one outside of the resurrection that we see in all four Gospels. And again, all four Gospels in their unique way give detailed note that there is this measly meal. And each in their own way, we find out that they make note of the people involved. I mean, think about it. All four of the Gospel accounts in their own way make a record of the personal faith and sacrifice that's involved in this miracle. Let's consider our, our friend, the little boy, Telemachus. Can you imagine the courage it took for him to come forward, to step out of the crowd and say, I have this? Because not only was he a child among adults, but because I think he, in a real sort of way, risked embarrassment. It's not hard to imagine someone saying, really? You think this, these five loaves and two pieces of fish are going to get us anywhere? But what's amazing is his faith. It's his faith that compelled him. And then how about the disciples? It's interesting in more than one account, in Jesus' playful way, he says to them, you feed them. <laughs> I just think that's so funny when you really ponder it for a moment, if you're the disciples looking out on the crowd, right? It's not hard to imagine any one of them saying, really? Are you kidding me? You think we're going to be able to do this? But what we see, and the beauty of the video helps us to understand, is that it was their faith that compels them to tear the measly meal into tiny pieces and to basically piecemeal it out among a handful of baskets that they can carry into the crowd. And so we need to give them a little bit of credit to even the thousands of men and women and children that were there. Because those folks that were sitting on that hillside, they were hearing Jesus teach, they could have easily scattered as soon as their stomachs started to grumble. But it's amazing that they waited. And they caught wind of uh, the measly meal that would supposedly feed them all. You can probably imagine them all saying, really? This is going to feed this big crowd? And what's amazing in all this, what's tucked away is this simple truth for the little boy. And it's this truth for the disciples. And even for this amazing sea of people, thousands of people, and then to tie it back to who we are today, living in this time in 2023, we only need to bring what we have in ourselves, that we bring our faith with us. And yet this simple truth isn't a new truth for God's people. It's in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. The story of scripture is filled with stories that say to us, you only need to bring what you have in yourself. Again, Moses, he stumbles through his talk with Pharaoh, and he stares down Pharaoh with his staff. But even before that, Moses brought himself, and he said, here I am. And he said that in faith. And then again, David, he brings a slingshot and five stones to, to knock down the giant Goliath. But before even that, David brought himself to the battle. He showed up. He showed up when no one in Israel's army could conjure up even a hint of faith. And even in the story from the life of the prophet Elijah, there was just a pathetic pinch of flour and a splash of oil for bread. But before that, 
There was simply a widow and a prophet who believed against all hope. And see, that's the truth of the story we've watched and we've heard today. And it's the truth of God's story. And it's the truth of the story overall. That we only need to bring what we have and ourselves. When we think about this idea of bringing yourselves, literally, I want to share in this particular episode of The Chosen, our friends uh, Paul and Pam Lintern are in it. They traveled to Texas to be a part of this special filming as a bucket list kind of thing, not wanting to miss the opportunity. So had a chance last week, Paul and I, as we were setting up for the Jericho Wall dedication, chatted just briefly about just their desire to go be part of this filming and what they experienced. And so check this out. You're actually in the audience. It, and it was a, a real treat. We, when we had the opportunity to go down, we, we just said, let's, let's do, put this on our bucket list and go. And so we were among 5,000 each of two days. We were there one of the two days. And each day they had 5,000 people that came and were filmed as a crowd receiving the food. Got it. And, and basically we sat, in, because it was 100 degrees and so hot, we didn't sit there all day. We sat about an hour and a half at a time and went back under a tent and, 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 and were. But it was, it was just really remarkable. You sat there. First of all, you get to watch how they do production and they do it over and over right. and over. A couple cuts. And, and our part was to, uh, when, when someone says, let's eat, we cheered. Okay. So in the in the scenery, say let's eat. We're going yeah. yeah. That's in there now. You you called. You said that I had a cameo in this. My wife and I, we were this big. <laughs> if you're on the big screen. So we're gonna look. We're you gonna can have look. to show I, the clip. Do you know where you are? I can show you exactly where I am, but you would have no idea okay. that I'm telling the truth. Yeah. I can pick out Pam because she, the second time we went down, actually sat up on the hill a little bit by a bush, kind of as the overflow crowd. Got it. And they do show that. I'm just in the middle of everything, and we didn't go down in order to get credits. We get, went down there to just be part of it. The, the Bleeding Woman, mm -hmm. which is so powerful. Because, oh my. And I know they've taken creative license, right? Because yeah. they fill in the gaps, so we read John, right. and then realized that you know what was going on, and, and even the sense of the crowd, and the noise, and the disconnect, and how beautiful. And I'm using a clip of uh, Nathaniel sitting underneath the fig tree. Oh yes, that too is, is a remarkable scene. And they, yeah, they do take liberties, but as I read through the scriptures, I'm saying, my gosh, I'd forgotten that was actually right. in there. Right. And so many things are that way. Right. And in, in, in different scenes like that, you say, well, yeah, it, now it, they fill the gap very well, is what I'm saying. And of course, Dallas loves to say, our job is not to feed the 5,000. Our job is to, to provide the loaves and fishes. Right. So even uh, as we stand here now, think about those things, those stories out of Scripture. Absolutely. And then how even the Jericho Wall has come together. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, it's kind of crazy, right? It really has. And 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 I I got to be cheerleader more than supervisor through a lot of this. I kept saying, how's this going to happen? How's this going to happen? And it did. And the Lord said, just keep moving forward because I'll make it happen. And he really has. And cool. and now, just now, we're looking at a lot of people who are surprised at how many other people are involved in ministry and and, and drug-related therapy. So right. Good. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings. It was an amazing time, as he shared. And if we tie this back to even the story we're telling now, even the idea of, in particular, the Jericho Wall and how seven months ago, we just brought ourselves because we weren't sure how it was going to show up. And there was a lot of concern about monies and processes and 
people's response. And you can see from this image here, there were lots of people there. It was interesting, even as Dan Feldman and Donnie and I set the chairs up, had one friend who was part of the planning committee came and said, I think you may have too many chairs. You can see the chairs were full and there were plenty of people standing around. And the community impact is still being measured, if you will, in terms of the future. After the celebration, the website received and has continued to receive uh, numerous names of people who have passed due to addiction, who their family members want them to be memorialized on the wall. And again, trying to raise awareness here locally. And it was interesting, Dr. Baca and the county coroner said that currently deaths by addiction are on the decrease. And I hope it's because of this good work of bringing to awareness that people are struggling and need help. And so it's going to be interesting to see how God uses that going forward. And so again, it's this idea of having faith. So again, when we look at this, we've got to bring with us any words and giftings that we have, but we also have to bring our faith. James writes in the New Testament that our faith without works is dead. But what is also true is that works without faith never have a chance to even live. Earlier, we gave some consideration to what seems to strike at believing that our words and our gifting are enough. So let me ask you this question. What seems to strike at your belief in general? And even if you would ponder for a moment here and maybe even put it in the chat, what is it that's challenging you today in your faith to be faithful to what God's called you to be a part of? And then think about for a moment, and you could put this in the chat too, how do you fight for your faith to remain? See, that's why we've looked at these stories, to be reminded that the gospel will go forward, faithful to present ourselves. We only need to bring what we have in ourself, and then we need to watch God multiply it all many times over. So one more time, besides the resurrection, this is the only miracle that is written out in all four of the gospels. And again, all four of the Gospels give detailed note of the fact that it was a measly meal. And yet in each of their own way, the people involved, they all had one thing in common. They placed the deepest emphasis on who Jesus is, on he as a person and his ability to meet the needs. I'm going to guess that there were hints of doubt when Jesus indicated all would have their fill that day, right? But it's not hard to imagine a good number of people saying, no, really, we've seen it. He'll do it. He'll feed us all. Because why? Well, all of us are sitting at the feet of the very Son of God, and we've seen him do this sort of thing before. Now, what's playful because of this video element of The Chosen, the way it, it, it is told, it, there's a mindset, if you will, that's kind of fun. As Jesus starts to set the miracle into motion, one of the disciples says, this feels familiar. Well, it's a callback to season one of The Chosen, where this particular disciple happens to be Thomas. And in season one, he was a firsthand witness of the moment Jesus turned water into wine. And so again, tucked away in all this is a simple truth for the little boy and for the disciples and for the thousands of people that are there, and in a practical way for us today that we only need to bring what we have in ourselves and watch God multiply it all many times over. This simple truth isn't something that's new, right? It's been true for God's people from the beginning. 
It feels familiar indeed, as Thomas said. The story of Scripture is filled with the stories that say to us, you only need to bring what you have in yourself and watch God multiply it all many times over. Again, Moses, he stumbled through his speech and he had his staff that he stood and stared down Pharaoh. But even before that, he brought himself. And then what happened? The people of Israel were delivered, right? And then David, he brings a slingshot and his five stones to knock out Goliath. But before that, he brought himself. And what happens? The giant, we know, is taken out. He tumbles down. And a pinch of flour and splash of oil is brought to God. And even before that, the widow, her son, and the prophet Elijah themselves. And there is bread for many days on end. You see, it's the truth of the story we've watched and we've heard today. And it's the truth of the story written overall. And it's this simple idea that you only need to bring what you have in yourself and then watch God multiply it all many times over. Or we could put it in a different way. Here's something from behind the scenes at The Chosen, how they've talked about it. In light of this very miracle, the creators and the cast and the crew, they often remind one another that what seems like sketchy math is actually very good math, and it is this, 5 plus 2 equals 5,000. Each of us bring the loaves and fish, and then we bring ourselves, and then we wait on God through faith to multiply it all in ways that we could never have imagined. And the truth is, it is hard to imagine how God will multiply our simple words and small giftings, how he will make something stunning out of our meager faith. Instead of looking ahead, maybe the key is to look back for a moment. Can you think for a moment back to when you were first called into the work that you're doing? And in answering that call, that as you leaned into your calling and vocation, that you had so little to bring to the table, but you answered the call nonetheless? So how about this? How, how has God multiplied all that in ways that you could never have imagined? Maybe you could share that in the chat. So as we read John's account, one of the things that stands out in the wake of this particular miracle is the crowd seems to desire only food from Jesus. And while Jesus was quite happy to feed them, he points to the reality that what he has given them is food that will not last. Above all needs, they need him. And he stuns them silent with the invitation for them to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. For us, we have the advantage now of knowing what he meant in that. And he seeks to answer the cry of the soul and not just that of the stomach. And he seeks to save by way of his death, burial, and resurrection. And alongside this, we even know now that he's setting the stage of the setting into motion, the beautiful discipline of celebrating the Lord's Supper. And as we think about that, we're going to do that here in a moment. So as you ponder just the beauty of what God's offered us through the telling of the story and the simple reality that we bring ourselves and our gifting, and then we watch God show up. And so take a moment here and reflect on those words. Gather a small piece of bread or cracker and some juice, and together we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper.
Hear these words as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. He said, This is the cup of the new covenant. It's sealed in my blood and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. With thanksgiving, let us offer a praise together to God. With joy, we praise you, gracious God, for you have created heaven and earth, made us in your image, and kept covenant with us. And even when we fell into sin, we give thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, your only Son, who by his life, death, and resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, God, joining our voices together with all the saints and angels and the whole creation to proclaim the story of your name. Amen. So take a moment and take your bread and your juice together and do this all in the name of Jesus. And let us pray together a prayer of thanksgiving. God of all hope, we bless you and thank you for nourishing us with Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Help us to live free from all desires for anything else that promises to satisfy. Strengthen us now to offer this bread to all who hunger. Through Jesus Christ we pray. 